Welcome to the Empowering Path podcast. I'm Jess Frost, aka the Highly Sensitive Coach, and this is a podcast dedicated to fellow highly sensitive people and empaths. My life's work is now dedicated to empowering HSPs and empaths to own their sensitive superpowers and thrive as their authentic selves. Should we get stuck in? Welcome to episode 55 of the Empowering Path podcast. Welcome to this bonus episode. Today, I am going to be reflecting on ghosting. Ghosting. Even just the word, like, sends my trauma body into action. (laughs) And apologies if... You can hear a magpie throughout this. I may have mentioned in previous episodes that we have a neighbour, a cat called Don Jamon. Yes, you heard me correctly. Who antagonises the magpies. And I didn't realise how annoying magpies sounded. But there is one, by the sounds of it, just by the side of the house in the alleyway. It sounds like they're in the cupboard. So yeah, just going to throw that in there in case there's something in the background that you're like, what? Um, and I'm filming, filming, recording this in the lounge where there could be a multitude of noises that I'm not expecting. Um, so yeah, just prefacing, just prefacing. Um, but we're going to be talking about ghosting and it's something, yeah, like I've been reflecting on for a long time and I know a lot of people resonate with ghosting in the dating scene and I will happily share (laughs) my experience of that. Um, But I think this really shows up in so many other areas like friendships, like work, business. Um, It's something that I've talked about with other people in the coaching industry, you know, so we can we can experience ghosting in so many different areas. But I do think that as I talk about, you know, this inner work, doing the inner work and how it's it's your shadow, it's your unconscious a lot of the time that's showing up in mind and body. And I talk about trauma body and how trauma is stored in the body. There is so much, I believe, behind our reactions to ghosting, which actually, when we can lean into it and can be aware of it, can actually be really super empowering. So if you've been ghosted recently, if you're still in the emotional aftermath, if you're in the thick of it in a ghosting situation, oh, I am here for you, doll. Like, fucking here for you. Um, And the feeling that ghosting provides, and I'm speaking, as always, from my own personal experience, okay? Ghosting for me was so visceral. Like, the pain I didn't think was ever going to leave me. And one of the situations that I'll reflect on was when I'd come to Nottingham, when I'd first like decided to change my life and do some more inner work. I did throw myself into the Tinder bumble sphere, probably a bit too soon in hindsight. However, it happened. Carry on. And 
yeah, I now can see that that was coming from a place of subconsciously needing validation and it was coming from men in that way. Um, but you know, I, I went on a few dates and some of the, some of it felt actually in thinking back, even when I was sat in front of someone that I knew probably didn't work, it didn't suit me. We didn't feel like the right fit. Even them sending the message first of like, um, don't think this is for me, but all the best. Um, that would still feel really, really, really hard to swallow. Oh gosh, I've not thought about that for a while. But there were certain situations, one in particular for me, where I had started to bring a bit of my guard down. Um, I had started feeling a bit more, you know, being a bit more vulnerable. And, you know, we're probably talking like six weeks of someone being in my life. Uh, but I got to the point where I was starting to introduce them to people and I'd already carried a lot of shame around my romantic relationships. I felt like a failure. I felt like, um, to my family and my close friends, I was like, here's the fuck up again. Like, how long is this one going to last for? Everyone's fucking laughing at you. Um, they weren't, that's just what my head was saying. Um, but you know, in this particular instance, I had introduced him to people and then, yeah, it was literally like, boom, ghost, blocked, like on everything, like completely disappeared. And the pain was real. Like the panic was real. The tears, the physiological symptoms, the not being able to turn off, not being able to stop thinking about it. A, being like really sad one second to being really fucking angry the next. Oh, literally just went through the whole spectrum of emotion. Um, trying to see if they were on social media. Like it was literally like I'd lost the whole perspective. I was completely unconscious. But firstly, I just want to say to that self, to, to that me, like, I'm not surprised. Like, I want to show her compassion, like, to that version of me that thought maybe this could work and maybe this person did like me and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what I want to now reflect on with a different awareness that I didn't have then is how, and I think I mentioned this before, is that a lot of the time, and Gabor Mate and people talk about this, you know, a lot of the time we are reacting to a situation in the present with the trauma and unconscious shadow of the past. So whilst this was hurtful, and actually there's no no amount of work that I could do where that experience, if it was to happen again, would not feel hurtful, okay? Just want to put that out there. <laughs> this work doesn't get rid of feeling. So that would have felt incredibly painful anyway. But what I think for myself was happening here is that this particular situation had aggravated a wound in me. A deep, deep wound of abandonment and rejection. And this is something that I did experience in childhood, you know, um, and my wounded inner child was deeply, deeply affected by this experience. 
Um, and I want to note here as well that I don't think you have to have experienced abandonment in, in that big sense to have that feeling flare up, to have that wound flare up. I think there are many instances, and I talk about this a lot, especially as highly sensitive children, how if we don't feel safe to express our authenticity and our emotional spectrum and our deep feeling like trait as a small child, if that is shut down, rejected, if if our parents are emotionally immature and they can't hold that, if we were never held really emotionally, that that will make us feel rejected. It will make us feel abandoned. And then what we start to do is start to mask over that wounded in a child um, and we start to people please and start to do lots of different things that kind of protect that side of us so what this did for me was take me right back there unconsciously to this deep pain this deep pain that I've tried to hide this this feeling that my inner child have has as being deeply unlovable that I've tried to cover up that was exposed And what this dating rejection did was literally like throw me into the shame swamp. You know, shame being the visceral, deep, deep feelings that we have in the darkness that I am not enough. I am not good enough. I am unworthy of love. I am unlovable. And I was there. This situation meant that I went into my deepest, darkest shame which then for me led to behaviours and actions, whether it's like numbing out with alcohol, like not giving a shit about myself and putting myself in dangerous situations. Like it it just further fueled this, like, how would I describe it? Um, Like pressing the self-destruct. And I teetered with that for a little while. and, you know, you could think about like a marriage, for example, that had been 20, 30 years and the pain of that breaking up. And then like the pain of a six week thing, whatever that was, feeling just as visceral. And this is the power that our trauma body has, that our inner wounded children have. It feels just as strong. And then when you add on the fact that you're a highly sensitive person, who is deeply feeling and processes things deeper than other people, I'm not fucking shocked that we are like, like, yeah, just taken out by these big emotions and these feelings that the wounded parts of us feel. So, yeah, I really wanted to share that because knowing that that was probably what was happening and and I do this in every part of my life now like I know with that example that it was never about him it actually wasn't ever about him there was a tiny bit that was about him it was like okay yeah you know my higher self would be like oh we had some fun but you know what it's not meant to be I'm gonna honor that but it wasn't about him it was probably 80 percent completely unconscious shit that was happening there (laughs) so now I've got that awareness I can take that into different areas of my life like friendships and like work and I can actually sit and reflect on where I've done this to people 
you know. So how can I put this? It's almost like when someone ghosts us, yes, there is a part of us that's like desperate for them to go, that was really shit, I'm so sorry. And granted, there is there is a real genuine, I think, desire for that. And that yes, in cases people should be like, that was really shit to me, I'm sorry. However, it's unlikely we're going to get that. But the big part of it is what responsibility have I got here? Is that reaction to that situation valid? Or is that a massive overreaction to this situation and maybe there's something else going on there? And how can I start observing this? How can I start being curious as to maybe what really is going on here? What parts of my childhood experiences, what parts of my trauma body are reacting here? What maybe does my inner child need to hear? Because they're probably feeling really fucking terrified. How can I self-soothe in these moments? So it's like, firstly, let's honour the feeling that we had. Let's honour the fact that that feels fucking painful and I want to cry and I want to do all the things. Let's honour that. Get the emotion out. Okay. But then it really is about observing and being curious, doing the work on these areas. And trying to just, with empathy and compassion, climb out of that shame swamp that we're wading through, that's making us think we're not good enough. And being mindful that we don't make this ghosting mean something about our core self and add a layer of shame to that already shitty shame swamp. (laughs) How can we really, in these situations, start really ramping up our self-care and our self-love and reminding ourselves that we are so worthy And this really is nothing to do with us and our core self. We have no idea what's triggered in that person either and what their experience is. Now, it's not my fucking responsibility to go there. (laughs) And it's very hard when you can't contact them. So how do we just keep focusing on ourselves, keep looking after ourselves, keep being curious about we're having these reactions? But just making sure that we're aware of this in other areas, like I say, in work, for example, you know, I've experienced ghosting having worked in, you know, recruitment for so long and then setting up my own business. I've had to sit in the discomfort of people just going ghost. People that I'd connected with, thought I might work with, like, yeah. And I've had to sit with the array of emotions that comes with that. But just knowing deep, deep down that that is not my fault. That is not my fault. Yes, okay, there are certain situations where we can reflect and go, I'd do that differently. Like, maybe that would have made things better. But when it comes to something like ghosting and such that extreme behaviour, it really is not about us. So how do we look after ourselves? How do we sit with that discomfort? How do we self-soothe ourselves through that? You know, and I, I really literally do put my hand on my chest and my belly and just say like, you're safe. It's okay. I will not abandon you. I am here now. I will never abandon you. And I speak to all those scared parts of myself that think someone's going to leave me. But fucking hell. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's something that people need to talk about more. Because it's, yeah, it's an experience. So like I said at the start, if you're going through this, my God, I feel you. And I hope this has given you you know, a bit of a a virtual hug that you're not alone and it's not to do with you. 
There are so many different things going on here that are out of our control, but there's definitely parts that are in our control. So if this is really not just for six, especially if it's someone that we haven't known so long, there is likely something else going on here. Something that we can heal, some way that we can connect deeper to ourselves to to provide that like nurturing, kind um, voice when we're not getting the validation external to ourselves. The voice that knows we are enough and we always have been even when things feel so painful and we feel like, yeah, we've done something wrong. There's something fundamentally wrong with us. There isn't. It's just there's a wounded part of ourselves that feels that way. So how can we get to that that part of ourselves? And, you know, I've worked through this, yes, a lot on my own, but I have worked with co- holistic coaches. I've done a lot of work with therapy. So, you know, it's it's like a holistic approach. It's a, it's a there's lots of different ways that you can start really channeling that self-love that you deserve. But um, thank you for listening to this. Um, Like I say, I I hope it serves you if you've been through or going through this or if it's something you've discovered as you're going through it. You are loved. You're fucking amazing. Don't forget it. You will feel differently soon. This will pass. But it's very, very, very fucking little to do with you. So look after yourselves. Give yourself some love. Take some time to nurture yourself and your soul. (sighs) Shake it off, breathe it out. But it's nothing to do with you. What they're going through is none of your business. But um, you're not alone. I'm sending so much love. Until next time, Adal, take care and protect your energy. Thank you.